tells us very, very clearly that we are made for a successful living. So what he's saying that is better for a plane to fly than to stay grounded. It's better for the ship to be in the ocean sailing than to be grounded in the harbor. So it's better for us to be living than for us to be stagnant. Because God has given us life. Say to the person next to you, you are made to live well. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The topic that we have for the sharing this morning, for the Word of God this morning, is living by prosperity and not by poverty. Living by prosperity and not by poverty. Now, we need to understand from the Word of God, and a lot of times it goes against our natural thinking because we think we shouldn't put money first, we shouldn't be rich first, we should seek first the kingdom of God. But the key is that we cannot understand the Word of God without the teaching, the revelation of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God needs to be unlocked by the Holy Ghost. So we cannot read the Bible as if we were just reading any book. We need to read the Bible together with the Holy Ghost by his leading. So it's just like listed in the book of Proverbs when it comes to understanding certain specific issues. It helps us when we put them in a contrast. So in the case of finances, wealthy is being better than poor. To have wealth is better than having nothing. To be more than sufficient is much better than to be just barely getting by. In the sense of wisdom, to be wise means not to be stupid. To be wise means you are knowledgeable and not ignorant. In the sense of health, to be healthy means you are strong and not weak. To be healthy means you are doing well and not sick. When, it talk, when we talk about a prosperous atmosphere, we're talking about being full of light and not dim. We're talking about being in a bright environment and not in a dark environment. When we talk about ourselves being the vessels for the anointing, when we talk about prosperity, we're talking about the fact that we are full and not empty. We are filled to the overflowing and not running out of fuel. When we talk prosperity in the area of motion, we're talking about being full of momentum and not stagnant. We're talking about being motivated and not when, it talk, when we talk about energy, when it comes to prosperity, we're talking about being energized and not depleted nor exhausted. We are talking about being awake and not dozing off or sluggish. We're talking about full of energy and not dull nor laid back. When we talk about vision, that's where we talk about prosperity. We're talking about being passionate and not lethargic. Amen. We're talking about being red hot and not lukewarm or languid. So when we talk about living for prosperity and not poverty, we are talking about all of these essential areas of our lives. 
We are talking about all these essential areas for successful living. Now, when it comes to talking about the Word of God, we need to change our vocabulary. We need to change our language. And that's why God has given to every one of us a new language. If you, not, you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, and God will give you a new language. It's called the gift of tongues. Now, when it comes to understanding the Bible, we need to understand that the language of the world is different from the language of God. We all know that the Bible, I think I'm a little bit too loud. Um, We all know that the Bible originally was written in Hebrew and in Greek, but that wasn't even the original language of the Bible. The original language of the Bible was spoken in the Holy Ghost in the heavenly language. So God had to translate from his heavenly language into a worldly language or an earthly language for us to understand him so that he can communicate with us. It's very important for us to read the word of God with the Holy Spirit. So what the Bible calls rich or prosperous It's different from the world's secular meaning of riches. The world's meaning of riches means that one is full of pride because you are rich, you're full of self, you're struggling all the time for money, you're fearful about being poor, you're pierced with sorrows, and your life pierced with wastage, and you might be even full of regrets because You have spent all your time and all your energies, all your life toiling for money. So that's the world's definition of prosperity. But it's very different from God's definition of riches or prosperity. What the Bible calls prosperity, it's godly kingdom power, which enables us, which energizes purifies, sanctifies, empowers us from the inside out. You are made rich. You have been made rich from the inside out. The power to get wealth comes from the inside of you. And that's why it's very important that we understand that we live by prosperity and not by poverty. So we see ourselves rich. We see ourselves full. We see ourselves energized. We see ourselves gifted already. Why? Because greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. You're not begging for wealth. You're not begging for money. But God has given you the power to get wealth. Amen. It's so important that we understand that. You are above only and not beneath. You are the head and not the tail. So you are not begging. You're not even begging for God to heal you. You believe that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Amen. And it shall be done unto you according to your faith. Amen. Amen. We need to understand that we are in a covenant with God. 
We are in a covenant with God because of Jesus. Because we are in Christ. We are in a covenant with the almighty God through the blood of Jesus. Covenant means exchange. Covenant means when you swear covenant with somebody, you exchange the blood. You cut your wrist and he cuts his wrist and you, and you exchange your blood. That means from now on, whoever attacks you, attacks me. So I must come to your rescue. And whoever attacks me, attacks you and you must come to the rescue. That's called a covenant. So we need to understand that we are in a covenant with God. God does not take his relationship with us lightly, even though we sometimes do. People chop and change. Today I like you, tomorrow I don't like you, today I marry you, tomorrow I want to divorce you. Today I talk good about you, tomorrow I talk bad about you, today I feel good about you, tomorrow I feel bad about you. People are always changing, but God does not change. And he takes his relationship with us seriously. He takes his relationship with us seriously and his word does not change, his covenant does not change. Amen. If you can just get that revelation today. Amen. Hallelujah. So what we get from this covenant, we have to understand. We have to know. A covenant is of no use to you if you don't understand it. You may be given a whole bag of treasure, but if you don't ever open it, you will never get to it. So it's very important. The word of God must be preached, must be taught in a practical way. We must experience God every day, not just during a revival. We must experience God every day, 20 hours a day. I pray for a parking lot. I pray, ask the Lord to help me in my daily walk, in my daily chores. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe that the more we experience God, the more anointed we will be. His anointing will come upon you because you are so dependent on him. His anointing comes upon you because you know him. I know in whom I have believed. God must not be a generality like we watched the video just now. The video we watched just now says that you must not be a general. You must be a specific. How much more God God must not be a general idea to you that you don't even know how to address, how to pray to. He must be specific to you. Remember the song that we sang, Seek His Face. When you look at me from a distance, you don't know me very well. But if you look at me close up, you know my features. God says that we need to be close to Him so that we know Him specifically. Amen. And that's what this teaching will help us to get. To get what? The specific knowledge of God. How many of you want the specific knowledge of God? Amen. For example, let me give you an example. I don't know Lorna as much as Christopher knows Lorna because Christopher is her husband. So I know her in general, like in general, but I don't know her specifically. But Christopher, being her husband, lives with her, knows her very well all 
everything about her specifically. So the more we live with God, the more we know him. Amen. God must be specific in our lives. So knowing God in the area of finances, knowing God in the area of health and healing, knowing God in the area of relationships, knowing God in the area of how the mind works with him, knowing God in the area of our friendship, that's knowing God specifically. And the more we know him, the more we reflect his glory. Can we say amen? If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, I want you to see a very important area. It's the area of exchange. Come on, say this with me. Exchange. One more time. Exchange. Now read this scripture. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So can you see the exchange? He made himself to be sin. What's the exchange? Is that we might be made his righteousness. So his sinfulness for my righteousness. Isn't that an exchange? Amen. Now let's look at the second one. So that's spiritually. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. This is financially. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, of course, in heaven, what else did he have? Right? Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might be made rich. Can you see the exchange? Jesus became poor so that you could be rich. If you look at the context of this scripture, it's talking about finances. All right? So Jesus became poor so that we could be made rich. Now let's look at another one physically. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body. We're talking about the body, physical, on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Can you see the exchange? His stripes for my healing. So let me ask you, whatever Jesus had done for you, to give to you, health, wealth, and spiritual well-being, salvation, would you say no to him? Come on, answer me. Would you say no to what Jesus had suffered to give to you? Come on. Would you say no to him? Would you tell him in his face, I don't need to be rich? Would you tell him in his face, to his face, I don't need to be healthy? Would you tell him in his face, I don't need to be spiritual? No. No. Why? Because you are in a covenant with him. That's what he had done for you. But it's no good if you don't know it and if you don't use it. Amen. Amen. So let me, let me give you three very important areas that is very, very important for our walk with God. 
Amen. Very important. Very important. Number one is righteousness. Righteousness. He became sin that we might become righteous. Number two, health. He took all the sickness upon his body. He took all the stripes that we might be healthy. Number three, wealth. He became poor that we might be rich. I know that some of you are frowning at me on the inside. Pastor Dora is talking about money. Come on, don't be such a hypocrite. Don't you go to work for money? If you were not paid, would you go to work? Come on, be honest. Don't be such a hypocrite. If you were not paid, would you go to work? Five days a week? Six to eight hours a day? No, you won't. Money is important. Money gives you freedom. Money gives you access to what you want. Money is power. Money is the means of exchange in this world. So it's very important for us Christians to be genuine, to be authentic, to be honest. Amen. God wants us to have freedom. So when we have righteousness, when we have health, when we have wealth, what do we have? Freedom. You won't be limited. You can go anywhere because you have the wealth. You can go anywhere because you have the health. And you won't be spending your life in guilt and shame because you have the righteousness. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Now, I read church history. In the olden days, the church and the kings used religion to keep people poor, ignorant, and weak. How many of you have been in the poor places? How many of you have been in the ghetto, in the slums? I grew up there. I know what I'm talking about. I grew up in the slums. We didn't even have a bathroom. where I had to put on my clothes and go to a public uh, tap and have my shower and come home and get changed. Poverty stinks. Poverty has a smell to it. Poverty is from the pit of hell. The devil is poor. God is rich. Amen. When I went to Indonesia on a mission trip, my heart, honestly, my heart fell so much. I felt very much for the people that were living in poverty. They were living in the slums. They were living in the wooden huts. They hardly had enough clothes to put on. Poverty stops people from the pursuit of knowledge. You can't go to school if you're poor. Poverty stops people from the pursuit of health. Do you know how much money is spent on your health in the government's budget? Do you know how much money is spent on health from your tax money? Don't think that because it's free. No, it's not free. Somebody had paid for it. Poverty stops people from advancement. You can't go nowhere because you have no knowledge, you have no education, and you have no means of transportation. Poverty is very ugly. It's from the devil. It's not from God. So don't boast about it. Don't spiritualize it. Can we say amen? 
And yet in those days, only the priest could read. Only the priest could have access to the Bible. And ironically, they had to take the vow of poverty. (laughs) And yet those who are at the top of the hierarchy, those who are at the top of the religious hierarchy, they live in self-indulgence and luxury. Poverty is the devil's means of controlling people to make sure that you don't grow, to make sure you don't expand, to make sure that you'll be at the bottom of the society. God's will is for you to be prosperous, not to be poor. Can we say amen? God is not against you to condemn you and to punish you. God is not even in the business of punishing you. People will. You know, when you've done something wrong, their tongue turns to become so harsh and so hard. And they look at you as if like they want to slap you on the face and punish you. But God is not like that. The Holy Spirit is never harsh. He is the comfort. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. God is into giving you true freedom. Freedom from bondage, freedom from oppression. God is into giving you prosperity, expansion. God wants to multiply all the good in your life. Can we say amen? Amen. God is never into competitive jealousy. God is never into you can only be rich if I'm rich. I've always to be richer than you. God is not like that. The Bible says nothing good does he withhold from those who love him. Amen. That means God is not in the business of keeping you, keeping from you any good things. People will. They may think that you are not entitled to all the good things you've had enough. But God is never like that. Look at Solomon. Look at Solomon. Because God himself, he's never, he's never stingy. God is always generous. He's always rich. He's always prosperous. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. In God, there is no death, nor sickness, nor weakness, nor failure, nor deficiency, nor degeneration. Let me ask you, where are you now? In Christ. In Christ. So in you, there is no death, there is no sickness, there is no weakness, there is no failure, there is no poverty. Can we say amen? Because you are in Christ. You are in Christ. And it's the will of God for us to live out that reality. It's the will of God for us to be his testimony. Amen. For people to point at us and say, look what God has done for her. Look at what God has done for him. Look at what God has done for them. That's the heart of God for his church. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. Look at Psalm 34 verse 10 with me. Psalm 34 verse 10. I'm just being very careful that I'm not giving you my opinions. I'm not giving you my thoughts. I'm giving you the word of God. So Psalm 34 verse 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord. Come on, read that together with me. One, two, three. Shall not want any good 
thing. Can you see the contrast? Can you see the comparison? He's trying to bring out that seeking the Lord will cause you to live a much better life, a much greater life, a powerful life. You shall not be in want. The original version doesn't even have the word thing in there. You won't be in want as far as your health is concerned, as far as your wisdom is concerned, as far as your mind is concerned, as far as your relationships are concerned. That's what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? Come on, somebody give me that scripture. What did Jesus say? Seek you first the kingdom of God, his way of being and his way of doing things. And all these other things shall be added unto you. Amen. So let me ask you a very simple question. Is God in the business of enriching you or making you poor? Aren't you excited? Can you respond in an exciting way? Is God in the business of enriching you or making you poor? Enriching me. Glory be to God. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. This is one of my wow, powerful scriptures. You know, I shout. And God is able to make. What's the word after that? One more time. One more time. All grace. One more time. All grace. I was, you know, usually I would think just a little bit of grace, maybe a dab here and there, you know. But the Holy Spirit, the author of the Bible, said all grace. All grace. All grace. And then continue. What's the word after that? Abound. Come on, those of you, you know English very well. Abound means what? More than sufficient. Abound means to the overflowing. A lot. Running all over. God is able to make all grace. The grace to make money. The grace to be kind and nice with people. The grace to forgive and forget. The grace to be wise, a mathematician. The grace to be in technology. The grace to be inventive, you know, if you're in technology, you're in the forefront of it. The grace to to suffer long, to be patient with people. All grace abound towards you that you always, come on, read that together with me. Having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Wow. Isn't this powerful? Well, you say, I find my, my wife so difficult to get along with. I find my husband so difficult to get along with. I find my job so hard to do. What do you need? Grace. Grace. Lord, I need your grace to be long-suffering, to be patient, to be full of hope, to be full of faith, full of your kindness, full of your goodness. Be generous, generous, generous with my positive emotions, good emotions. Glory be to God. Amen. Oh, you're having an interview. God, I give you praise. Amen. You give me grace. Your grace comes upon me. Your grace comes upon me. Your favor comes upon me. And then when I turn up for the interview, the person who is interviewing me, uh, there's a special favor, a special favor, a special favor, and he can go away without hiring me for the job. Come on, lift up your hands. Grace. Grace. 
all grace abound toward you, having always all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Well, you see, you say, see, see, Pastor Dora, it's every good work. And you with your religious face like that towards me. (laughs) Good work does not mean just charity work. It may include charity work. Being nice to your spouse, isn't that good work? Being kind and patient with people, isn't that good work? Coming to church early instead of late, isn't that good work? Having the financial power to help people, isn't that good work? Don't, don't, uh, what's the word? What's the verb for religion? Don't religionize your Bible. (laughs) Don't religionize the word of God. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So the word prosper in Hebrew is the word salak. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17 to understand it better. Now the reason why we need to go back to the original Hebrew is because all your Bibles, all our Bibles are translated. Translated from Hebrew for the Old Testament, translated from Greek for the New Testament. And of course, both Hebrew and Greek, the Lord translated the heavenly language to the human language. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17. Thus saith the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God. Come on, read that together with me. One, two, three. Who teaches you to profit. Who leads you by the way that you should go. Who leads you to what? Profit. You don't profit just by, you know, saving this and saving that, you know, try to cut costs, try to cut corner. No, he leads you by the way that you should go. A good way of doing business. Doing business is serving people, blessing people. That's how you will prosper. Amen. So he teaches us the way to profit and leads us by the way that we should go. In order that we may Prophet. All right. Let's look to let's look at Ecclesiastes ten ten. Come on, Ecclesiastes ten ten. How many of you are energetic this morning? Full of passion. Yes. Go to Ecclesiastes ten ten. All right. Go to the last part of that scripture. Read that together with me. One, two, three. But wisdom is profitable to direct. So if I don't have any direction, the video we watched just now, I'm just sailing. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just working. I don't know. Just I'm just working for a pay. I'm just working for my wage. You don't have any direction. Is money making your direction? No. So we should have a direction. We should have a goal. And that's how we have wisdom. I have retired. I'm just staying at home doing nothing. Come on, what's your goal? What's your vision? What's your purpose? Are you just waiting to die? I'm too old. I can't think much. I don't remember much. I can't do much. I can't work. I just expect everybody to take care of me. What kind of life is that? No. Don't retire. Don't ever retire from God. Can we say amen? You can work as a volunteer. You don't have to retire. Don't allow your mind to retire. What if one day your mind says, I'm going to switch off on you. Because I need to retire. (laughs) Would you like that? 
No. What if one day your heart says to you, I've been pumping for you all these years. I need a break. <laughs> what will happen to you if your heart takes a break? Don't be foolish. Wisdom is profitable to direct. That's how we know whether we have wisdom or not. Amen. Wisdom is profitable to direct. Amen. When we talk about prosperity, we have to think of Abraham. Because Abraham experienced prosperity. He understood prosperity. He was over 90 and his wife Sarah, both, he was over 90 and also Sarah had passed her menopause. Now remember, even before her menopause, she was barren. She couldn't conceive. All right. And then by her age, she had passed menopause. So she couldn't conceive. I just, I'm just sharing a testimony with you. You know, as far as I'm concerned, after I've had two kids, I said, Lord, that's it. I don't want to be having my menstrual cycle. So I'm going to believe you for my, my uh, menstrual cycle to stop. I don't like all the mess, you know, and everything that's inconvenient. So I prayed, and my menstrual cycle stopped. So God gave me a miracle. Amen? I'm still feminine, as you can see. I haven't turned to become more masculine. <laughs> Amen? But it's the other way around for Sarah. Okay? It's the other way around for Sarah. So what God did was that God prospered her body and made her productive again. God prospered her power to reproduce another life, another person. So they, both Abraham and Sarah, experienced prosperity physically. Amen. Can we say amen? So to prosper means to be productive, to be fruitful, have the power to produce good results. Come and say with me, good results. To multiply the good. Listen to me. Don't say, I'm too old now. I can stop doing some good. No, keep doing good. Because you don't want the good to stop with you. You want the good to stop. You don't want the good to stop with you. You want good to continue to the next generation and the next and the next. One generation to the next will continue to boast of the goodness of the Lord in their lives. Can we say amen? So don't say, since I'm growing old, you know, what's the point of keeping my marriage? No, you want your marriage to continue to do well. So the blessings, the prosperity that's on your marriage will continue with your children and your children's children. One generation to the next will prosper in their marriage. Can we say amen? What goes on in your life will continue with your children and your children's children. It's called either generational blessings or generational curses. Lift up your hands with me. I want the blessings, not the curses. So say to the person next to you, continue to do good. Amen. Glory be to God. Can you see? God said that I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's the generational God, so you must believe in prosperity. 
Because if you are the generation that's just barely get by, the generation after you can become very poor. Because they have nothing to start with. No springboard. Amen? If I have a lot of money, I would buy my grandson a house. I would buy my children houses so that they don't have to work for money. It's much better to work for interest. Would you agree? Amen. So money is not bad. It depends on whose hand it is in. Amen. If it's in the hand of somebody who is very controlling and they control you with their money, they manipulate you with their wealth. Praise the Lord. God is not like that. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. Let's look at Genesis 24, verse 40. Genesis 24, verse 40. I know there are some parents, you know, the minute the children said, I'm not, you know, doing this subject, I'm doing another subject. They said, we're not paying for your uni course because you are not studying what we told you to study. That's controlling. That's being manipulative. Money shouldn't be used to control anybody anybody else. Money shouldn't be used to control nor to manipulate anybody. Can we say amen? So Genesis 24 verse 40, he said unto me, the Lord before whom I walk, this is Abraham talking, will send his angel with you and prosper your way. And you shall take a wife for my son of my kindred and of my father's house. Now, I want you to listen because when I read this, I had the Holy Ghost reading it to me. I want you to listen. The Holy Ghost said to me, listen to the faith of Abraham. Listen to the confidence of Abraham. Abraham said, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angels with you and prosper your way. And you shall take a wife for for my son from my kindred and of my father's house. Abraham said, God will and you shall. God will and you shall. God will and you shall. That's the way he talks. It's the voice of victory. It's not an echo. It's not an empty formula. He said, God will and you shall. God will and you shall. Amen. Amen. His faith is in God's unchanging nature, which he had experienced. God's unchanging nature is called faithfulness that he had experienced. When we talk about faithfulness, we're always talking about, okay, because you stick to the relationship. Faithful. God is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his covenant. He's faithful to his relationship with you. He's faithful to bless you. He's faithful to prosper you. He's faithful to forgive you all the time. Amen. Don't even think that, oh, I'm always sinning. I'm no good for God. You're better. You better repent and believe in God's unchanging, forgiving nature. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. The word to prosper means to push forward, to bring success, to bring efficiency, to bring profit, to bring progress. Amen. Don't think that you are too old to serve God even in your 90s. Abraham served God and became the father of nations in his 90s. Time should be for you and not against you. Use time as your tool and not your damnation. How many 
sure you know what I'm talking about. Don't condemn yourself to futility because of your age. Stop that kind of thinking. Cut it off in Jesus' name. You're always alive. Always full of energy, full of grace. Serve God. To bless the people around you. To bless your church. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Don't accept that poverty mentality. What is poverty mentality? You see, everything is about to fail. Everything won't succeed. Everything with doom and gloom. Everything is not working well. And I'm about to pass out. I'm about to die. Everything is gloomy. Everything is a doom. That's a poverty mentality. Get rid of it in Jesus. Who is the author of a poverty mentality? Has to be the devil. Even before you leave the house, you've already doomed yourself to to failure. Oh, I think it's going to rain. I'm I'm not sure if we can do that. The sun is going to shine and we're going to have a good day. Can we say amen? Let your words of blessing go before you. Let your words of blessing go before you. Come on, declare a good thing. Make your day with your words of prosperity, not poverty. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let me ask you, when it comes to prosperity, Abraham started He started well. Amen. And then the nation, I mean the generation continued. Isaac did well. Jacob did well. Joseph did well. Isn't that true? Amen. Isaac, he was digging for wells. The Philistines tried to take the wells from him. And then he kept digging. He did not chuck a tendrum. He did not cave into discouragement. What happened? God opened the well for him. And he became so rich. And then what happened to Jacob? I mean, you all know that, you know, he was in love with Rachel, a beautiful girl. And then her, uh, his uh, father-in-law kept tricking him and tricking him. But what happened? God turned his poverty into prosperity, multiplied all that he had, which was not much. What about Joseph? Joseph was sold, sold as a slave to the house of Potiphar. And he was so good looking that the wife of Potiphar tried to rape him. He was even in the house of Potiphar as a slave. The prosperity, the spirit of prosperity rested on him. And whatever he did prospered. And that's why Potiphar promoted him to be in charge of his own household. But then the devil was using Potiphar's wife to stop his prosperity. To make sure that he would go into prison and be very, very poor. But Joseph was not discouraged. He was still rich and he still was prospering even in prison. So much so that the spirit of prosperity promoted him and brought him all the way into the court of Pharaoh. We're talking about generational blessings. Lift up your hands for your children to receive generational blessings from you. Are you excited? Come on, lift up your hands. Receive generational blessings for your children and your children's children. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 I 
talked about the spirit of prosperity. Prosperity is a force, is a power that works in whatever situation or environment. Prosperity, come and say with me, prosperity is a spirit, is a power. You know how when you go into the Chinese shops or restaurants how, or even Japanese, you see that, that uh, kid, what's that, the cat waving his hand, right? They call it Fu Gui Mao, the cat of riches. Why? Because they know that prosperity is spiritual. It's not mental. It's not physical. Prosperity is spiritual. Even the heathens know that. Christians, we need to know that. Amen? We need to know that. Prosperity is a force, it's a power that works on you. Otherwise, the prosperity that you enjoy now will stop with you. You know, when you study the histories of people, there were some that were very rich, but then when it came to their fourth, fifth generation, they became very poor, broke. Even some became beggars. Generational prosperity is very, very important. If you look at Psalm 107, verse 35, God prospered Solomon because of whom? David. God did not kill Solomon when he was committing Adultery, fornication, even spiritual fornication. Why? Because of David. So generational blessings are very, very real. Your children, your children's children will be blessed because of you. Because of your walk with God, because of your service unto God. So Psalm 107 verse 35. He turns, come on, say with me, turn. One more time, turn. He turns the wilderness into a ground of water, standing water, and dry ground into water springs, function. Prosperity is a turning power. It's a turning power. It will turn poverty into prosperity. It will turn the wilderness into a fertile soil. It will turn a dry ground into living fountain. Amen. It will turn your stupid mind, my stupid mind, into a wise and clever mind. Prosperity is the power to turn. The power to change. It's a quickening power. Remember, Jesus, his, his body was dead. He left his body, right? But the, the word of God says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. We turn, we turn your body, energize your body with life, with the force of life. How many of you know that for all farmers, they know the seeds must be alive when you put it into the soil to grow a plant. Your money needs to come alive. And that's what tithes and offering is about. Whatever you give to God comes alive. Whatever you give to God comes alive. You know, don't hoard it. How many of you have ever seen a hoarder or a hoarder's house? It's terrible. It's messy. It smells. It stinks. Don't hoard. You know the meaning of hoard? To keep everything, hold everything to your dear self. No. Give. 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 The spirit of prosperity is the spirit of generosity. It's the 
the spirit of generosity. Generosity. What does the Bible say? Give and it shall be given unto you. A little bit? No. Pressed down and shaken together and running over. Will men give unto your booster? Let the word come alive for you. Don't just tithe and give offering as if it's just your religious chore and religious duty. Every word of God should come alive for us. And then whatever you give comes alive. And that's what investment is about. That's what being generous is about. Whatever you do comes alive. It multiplies. It grows. It becomes more and more. It becomes better and better. Instead of having $10, you have $100. Instead of $100, you have $1,000. Instead of $1,000, you have $100,000. What is happening? Life has got into it. It's multiplying. And that's why you must use your money to serve people. Don't think that I'm just putting this money in my investment and it's just, you know, generating me more income. No, it should be serving, serving, serving. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Come on, say with me, everything about me is into serving God. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So prosperity is the power of breakthrough. Changing the dry ground into a fertile land. Wilderness into living fountains. What is that? Breakthrough. How many of you need breakthroughs in your life? Breakthroughs. Amen. The spirit of prosperity will come upon you. The spirit of prosperity will come upon you. And you'll be able to break through, break through, break through in every area of your life. Can we say amen? But don't hinder yourself with your stinking thinking. Don't limit yourself with your mind. Don't say, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. And don't be too prideful to stoop down. Don't be too prideful to bend down. Pride will destroy you by deceiving you. Pride is blinding. I want to be a CEO. I want to be a CEO. I want to be the leader in my company. Well, start cleaning the toilets first. Start cleaning the kitchen first. Amen. Your attitude will give you your altitude. Amen. Ask every employer. It's not how many degree, how many titles they have behind their name. It's the character. The character matters. What does the scripture say? God says that he will resist the prideful, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. When you show up in a church, don't come after the pulpit right away. I have people that come to me as soon as they've come to this church. I want to preach. No, you stinking thinking. I'm not getting you the pulpit. I'm not giving you the pulpit to preach. Start cleaning the toilets. Start doing cleaning work. Start showing your faithfulness. Start serving the word of God. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So prosperity is the breakthrough power. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So what's, who is the source of prosperity? Who is the source of prosperity? God, right? The source of prosperity is God. Let me give you the keys of divine prosperity. Are you ready for the keys? 
Amen. The keys to prosperity, the keys to divine prosperity. Let's go to Deuteronomy 29 verse 9. Deuteronomy 29 verse 9. Let me ask you a question. Do you have to gain prosperity? Do you have to gain it? No, because it's by grace. You don't have to gain it, but you do have to know it. You do have to believe it. Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. So if you don't do anything, will you prosper? If you're just sitting in a rocking chair, will you prosper? No. That you may prosper in all that you do. Why? Because you're in a covenant. Come on, say to yourself, I'm in a covenant with God. Amen. So number one, the first key is the covenant. The second key in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Let's look at that verse 8 to verse 9. This book of the law, referring to the Bible, shall not depart out of your mouth. Now, a lot of Christians, they don't pray because they don't know what to say. Now, you don't know what to say because you haven't read the word. As soon as you put the word of God in you, the word will find its way out of your mouth. The word is, the, is what is giving you prayers. The word will give you prayers. The rhema word will give you prayers. So this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there in day and night that you may observe to do. After you have read the Bible, find out what I can do. Highlight your Bible, those parts that you can put it into practice. According to all that is written therein. Now read that together with me. One, two, three. For then you shall make your way prosperous. And you shall have good success. So what is the second key? The word. Put the word in you. Put the word in you. And then the word will make its way out of you to prosper you. Key number three. Observe to do. Observe to do. Find out what you can do. Find out what you can do. Find out what the word says that you should do. Amen. Key number four. He shall make your way prosperous. Know the way. You must not be just floating, you know, not knowing where to go. You must know your way. Like what is the way of an architect? What's the way of a doctor? What's the way of uh, an accountant? What's the way of a, what else, what other profession? The way of uh, a cleaner? What's the way of a, uh, what else? Come on, give me some. A baker. Yes? Amen, the way. Okay, you need to know that. And uh, key number five, be strong and be of good courage. Is it okay that I ask you something to do, uh, give you something to do? Stop blaming the people around you. Come on, we have to handle those that are against us. We have to handle those that will mock at us. We have to handle those that will discourage us. They are everywhere we go. You can't change them, but you can change yourself. The way you interpret, the way you think, the way you allow them to affect you. Can we say amen? Amen. Amen. I can't come to you and just grab you and kill you and tell you that you've discouraged me, so I'm killing you. And then another one will show up. You can't kill that person and say, I'm killing you because you've mocked at me. You come on everywhere. It's important for us to be strong, 
stronger than those who discourage you, stronger than those who mock at you, stronger than those who are unkind to you. Come on, lift up your hands. Say, I'm stronger. One more time. I'm stronger. Come on, lift up your hands. Say with me, I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm receiving the training. I'm strong. A strong warrior. A strong winner. Amen in Jesus' name. Amen. Key number six. The Lord your God is with you whithersoever you go. The Lord, that's verse nine. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The presence of God will prosper you. That's why we worship the presence of God. He's already present with you, but you know that his presence can become thicker and thicker upon you. Amen? So that's key number six. And key number seven, I've already told you, be generous. Be a giver. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Well, you ask me, well, then, Pastor Joe, then why would anybody live by poverty? The poverty mentality, the poverty thinking. Well, you might have lived by that spirit without even knowing it. Because the spirit of poverty goes with needs. The reason why people live by a poverty mentality, a poverty spirit, is because there is need and they are fearful. The spirit of, po- the spirit of poverty is need and fear-based. The spirit of poverty is self-defensive. It's the spirit of Esau. What happened? He looked at his brother, Abel. Abel was offering the best sacrifice to God, and Esau became so jealous. He became so angry. Why didn't he give his best to God? Because he was holding it, giving it to himself. He wasn't even tithing. He wasn't even giving offering. He was just counting, you know, whatever is not as good, I'll give to God. And he killed. He killed his brother, Abel. I want you to understand that if you don't live by faith, if you don't live by the spirit of prosperity, the spirit of poverty will destroy you. The spirit of poverty is a violent spirit. It causes you to fall from faith and grace, to fear, to self-defense, to self-dependence, and to works. From living dependent on God to surviving depending on yourself, on the people around you, on the knowledge that you have and the technology that you have. From serving God passionately to doing good works dutifully. The flesh enjoys its own works. The flesh bows of its own achievements. The flesh is prideful of its own success, making himself an idol of success. Serving is different from working. A servant is a steward, a steward of God's grace, a steward of God's provision, a steward, not an owner. A worker is his own boss. He works for his own entitlement. A tither 
is a steward and he knows very well without receiving from God, he can't get anything. A tither is someone who knows that my sustenance comes from God. He's the one who has birthed me. He's the one who has saved me. He's the one who will sustain me in this life. Can we say amen? And he will bless you with the rewards of stewardship. Amen? It's very, very important. And the key, the last one that I'm giving you is your tongue. Someone say with me, my tongue. Your tongue matters. Your tongue matters. It matters what you say. Go with me to Job chapter 15, verse 2 to 3. Job chapter 15, verse 2 to 3. Should a wise man utter vain knowledge and fill his belly with the east wind? Should he reason with unprofitable talk, with speeches, wherewith he can do no good? You know, it's very easy for us to argue with God, to reason with God, and we keep giving our excuses. But those excuses are not profitable for us. Those words won't profit us, won't do us any good. If you look at Jesus, what did he say in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36? Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. Because your tongue can stop the spirit of prosperity from working in your life. Because God will not entertain the kind of talking. Your unproductive, unfruitful, vain talks can grieve the Holy Spirit, the spirit of prosperity away from you. So we need to stop ourselves from negative, unprofitable, sorrowful talk. Actually, you can actually sense that you are building a discouraging, depressive, oppressive, sorrowful, and ominous atmosphere around you. How many of you know that words can create an atmosphere? So we need to be watchful of what comes out of our mouths. Can we say amen? And one way that we can bless each other is to talk nicely about one another. Can we say amen? And one way that you can bless yourself is to talk nicely about yourself. That's not being prideful. That's being wise. So that you don't have to wait for somebody else to talk good about you. You might have a long time to wait. So why not talk good about yourself? Amen. If you look at Matthew chapter 12 verse 36, Jesus said, I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Well, you say, well, it's okay. That means, you know, when I go to heaven. No, the day of judgment is when God, when he's going around and he's looking for someone that he can bless. And then he get your words. Your angels get your words. The Holy Spirit get your words. God gives, God gets your words. Because what are prayers? Words, right? So it's not that I'm praying today, so I'm speaking all the good. But then as soon as I go home, I speak all the bad. No, prayers are what comes out of your heart genuinely all the time. Can we have an amen? 
That's prayer, authentic, genuine. So Jesus is telling us, he's giving us this revelation. He's telling us, if you're always talking bad, idle, inoperative, that means I can't do anything for you. But the devil will catch your words. And he would be legally judging you. Because you've been cursing yourself. You've been cursing your wife. You've been cursing your husband. You've been cursing your kids. You've been cursing your grandkids. You've been cursing your work, cursing your business. So the devil legally, because the devil can't do anything in your life without being legal. We need to understand that the spiritual realm is very legal. So the devil can catch your words and then he can legally harm you. Destroy you. Make you poor. Make you sick. And God can't do anything about it because by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you shall be condemned. So in the book of Proverbs, book of wisdom tells us that life and death is in the power of your tongue. It's very real. We don't want to hear this, but it is so, so true. Let me finish with this. When we talk about the spirit of prosperity, we're talking about the anointing. The same word translated as prosper, also translated as anoint. The same word that talks about uh, Samson. Remember when the power of God came upon Samson. The same word prosper, it's the same word anoint. Remember? The anointing, the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. That's in First uh, Judges chapter 14, uh, Judges chapter 15, Judges chapter 18. So the anointing, the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson. It's the same word, prosper, translated. All right? So prosper means to be anointed. So the anointing that came upon Samson, the anointing that came upon Saul, the the anointing that came upon David, the wisdom that came upon Solomon is the same word, prosper, in Hebrew. So how many of you would say no to the anointing? Would you say no to the anointing? No. How many of you would say yes to the anointing? And you would do everything you can to work with the anointing. Amen, 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 amen. I have some Christian coming to me and ask me, uh, Pastor Dora, should I work with those who are not Christians? Should I only look for jobs, you know, uh, from a Christian company who hires Christians? No, no. Let me give you examples. Daniel, he worked with whom? Nebuchadnezzar. Was he a Christian? No. What about Esther? Whom did she serve? Thursus. Was he a Jew? No. Who else? Can you give me another example? Joseph, Abraham's great-grandson. Whom did he serve? First, Potiphar, and then the Pharaoh. So Christians, can we work for non-Christians? Yes. Yes, your anointing will make a difference. The grace of God upon your life will make a difference. It's not the environment. It's not the circumstance you're in. It's who is in you. We're not in the business of withdrawing from the world. We are in the business of changing the world. 
Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Every eye closed, every head bow. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Life matters. It matters how we live. Amen. It matters how we live. And it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. As long as you are still breathing, live your life well unto God. Amen. Every eye closed, every head bow. If you are here this morning and you have not asked Jesus to come into your heart as your Lord and your Savior, if you have not been living unto him, I want to give you this time to raise your hand and you can ask Jesus to come into your heart, into your life as your Lord and your Savior. I see that hand. Any, anyone else? I see that hand. You say, Lord, come into my life. Prosper me. Amen. If this is your prayer, you say, Lord, come into my life and prosper me. Lift up your hands right now. Say, Lord, come into my life and prosper me. Prosper me. Prosper me. Deliver me from poverty. Deliver me from poverty. Prosper me. Deliver me from the curse of poverty. Prosper me. Prosper me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Glory be to God. Amen. Only a few of you have raised your hands. Now, I say this one more time. If you want to make this your prayer and you're saying to the Lord, prosper me, lift up your hands right now. Amen. Come on, lift up your hands, stand to your feet, say, Lord, prosper me, prosper me, prosper my journey of life, prosper me while I'm journeying in life, prosper me in my household, prosper me at work, prosper me in my relationships with people, prosper me at the workplace, prosper me in running my business. Prosper me in this church. Prosper me in the service of you. Lord, prosper, 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 prosper me, prosper me. A lot of life, a lot of life, a lot of power, a lot of energy, a lot of strength, a lot of health, a lot of wisdom, a lot of joy, a lot of peace. Amen. To the overflowing, to the overflowing, the power of the Holy Ghost, the move of the Holy Spirit, to the overflowing, the power to obey, the power to submit, the power to be willing and obedient. Oh God, give you thanks, give you praise, give you thanks, give you praise in the name of Jesus. The power to suffer long, the power to be patient with people, the power to be long-suffering, that I don't chuck a tendrum. Amen. Anger will not overthrow me. Anger shall not overthrow me. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, prosper my temperament. Prosper my temperament. Prosper my thinking. Prosper my emotions. Prosper me. Prosper me. Prosper me, oh God. I live by prosperity and not by poverty. I live by vision and not by defeat. Amen. I live by hope. Amen. Hallelujah. And not by despair. Amen. Lift up your hands. Prosper. Prosper. Prosper me. Prosper me. Whatever I do prospers. Prosper me. Wherever I go, prosper. Prosper. Prosper not only me, but also my children and my children's children. Prosper not only me, but the people around me. Prosper everything that I have, everything that I use my money to buy. Prosper my house, prosper my car, prosper my environment, my circumstances, my situations. 
Prosper my household. Prosper my family. Prosper my church. Prosper everyone that I come across. Everyone that I meet. Everyone that I meet. Everyone that I come across. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, Lord. I want to be a carrier. A carrier of your prosperity. A carrier of the spirit of prosperity. The spirit of heaven. Everyone say, Amen. Amen. Glory be to God.